Thank you, Olivia. Let us pray. Lord, I pray that you will direct our thoughts and come close into our hearts as we reflect, reflect on your word this morning in this special season. <clears throat> I pray in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. It was Christmas Eve and in the very famous market in the city of Bradford up in Yorkshire, uh, business was, thank you Martin, <laughs> and to all the other Yorkshire folks here as well, um, uh, and to uh, all the busy shoppers that were on the way home and a slightly disorganised lady arrived at the market just as all the stalls seemed to have closed and in fact there seemed to be only one meat stall left open. And uh, she had, was so disorganised that she had not yet bought the family turkey. So she went to this uh, final stall that was open and found just one single turkey on the stall. Uh, and uh, the stallholder was, of course, helpful as always. You can have it for a tenner, madam. It's the last one. And she stood there and she hesitated. She said, I'm not sure. She said, I'm not sure that it's big enough. He said, well, well, I'll have a look, I'm not sure. So he took it away, went behind the screen, took out a bicycle pump, pumped some air into it, brought it back, placed it on the store and said, what about this one, madam? She said, well, I'm not sure. I'm still not sure. She said, I'll tell you what, I'll have them both. Well, Christmas is nearly here, of course, with all its razzmatazz, its food, its parties and all the rest of it. And the comedians who will be out with their jokes that are much better than that one. Most of all that will be about merriment. Today, on this third Sunday in Advent, we're invited to focus on joy. And I think we all know that there is a distinction between merriment and joy. They're not quite the same thing. And as we look back on... 2017 I guess that we shall realize that it is not a year that has been marked by joy for most people you know there are some years we look back and there have been times of national celebration things of achievement that we can remember and rejoice in this year has been a hard year it's a year when we saw major terrorist attacks here in Westminster, London Bridge, Manchester and at least five or six other international cities around the world resulting in large numbers of deaths and the spreading of fear. It's a year when we witnessed the horror of Grenfell Towers, the block of high-rise flats in Notting Hill becoming a human incinerator in a matter of a few minutes. A massive dent on the ability of those who govern and organise things in what is supposedly uh, a well-organised and civilised society, um, a real dent in their ability to protect people in their own homes, with the knock-on effect of trying to establish what has been the cause of that fire, who should be accountable, and a year when uh, trust in those in authority took a massive and the year, of course, when we got into all the details of the Brexit negotiations, a process that's carried with it an enormous amount of heaviness. And sadly, people on all sides of the debate uh, impugning the integrity of others so often, which I think has been one of the saddest things. So for those reasons and a few others as well, I don't really believe that 2017 will be remembered as a year of joy. 
And one way of dealing with that, of course, is to inject ourselves with a huge amount of sparkle and froth and uh, escape into some kind of world where we can engage in some sort of collective amnesia about those awful things that have happened. And just for two or three days, or even just for 24 hours, have a jolly good time. But it's all short-lived if we do that. And at some stage, we have to come back down to earth to the real world. However, if we take our Christian faith seriously, there is another way of dealing with things. Today, as we've been reminded already, is the third Sunday in this season of Advent. If we were in the Eastern Orthodox churches, we would be a bit further through Advent because for them, Advent starts earlier in the middle of November. But whichever part of the church we belong to, East or West, um, it is a season that brings with it some solemnity. Traditionally, uh, the season of Advent has focused on four great themes of heaven and hell judgment and the last things and uh, in parts of the church that denote different colors to um, denote the seasons of the year we mark the season of advent by using purple hence martin's purple stole this morning the purple candles that we've already started to light but today right in the middle of this season of solemnity and its realism we're allowed to have a slightly different atmosphere to the day. And this third Sunday in Advent is sometimes referred to as Gaudet Sunday. The word simply means rejoice. And if we're using purple candles to help us move through the various Sundays of Advent, then we have a slight change today. And you'll find that the candle that is lit this morning, a bit later in our service, will be the pink candle, devoted, noting something a bit lighter. We can begin to glimpse something of the joy of the coming of Christ and so it's it's this glimpsing of joy really that encourages us to continue with our serious exercise uh, our spiritual preparation that take us through until we get to Christmas some of the Bible readings we use in the season of Advent come from the prophet Isaiah and Isaiah like many of the other prophets was a prophet who dealt in realism uh, but he also dealt in offering hope And uh, last Wednesday at our lunchtime service, uh, we read one of the readings, which is in fact one of the readings, the lectionary readings for today, comes from Isaiah chapter 61. It's the chapter that uh, Jesus chose to begin his public ministry with uh, in Nazareth. You remember when he quoted the words of the prophet, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has appointed me to preach good news to the poor, to comfort those whose hearts are broken to tell captives that they're free and to announce the time when the Lord would show his kindness. And the original context of those words, of course, when Isaiah spoke them, was the period when the Jewish people were struggling to get life back together again as they'd moved back to Jerusalem and the surrounding countryside after their many years of exile in Babylon. And this message gave God's people some hope in what had been a time of great despair, much of which the prophets, of course, believed was self-inflicted trouble. But now, after all the heaviness, the heaviness of self-inflicted trouble, the heaviness of exile being away in a strange country, now there is the homecoming and there is a glimpse of joy. And in that short passage that we might have read today, uh, Isaiah chapter 61 
it's just 11 verses long, but that word joy is mentioned three times. Instead of their shame, my people will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, they will rejoice in their inheritance. And then there's the verse where it says they will inherit a double portion in the land and everlasting joy will be theirs. And the final reference where it says, I will delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. And the source of the joy that people are to experience is quite clear. The source of the joy is in God. It comes from the Lord not out of their own achievements of putting things right after all the years of being in a mess, but their joy comes from the Lord who is bringing them deliverance. My soul rejoices in the Lord. And those prophetic words in that short passage there from Isaiah chapter 61, those words are really typical of the message of so many of the prophets in the Old Testament who took the real world with all its problems very seriously but who pointed forward to a hope, a joy that could come through God's gracious work if only people would recognise uh, the cause of their sin and come to God in penitence. And then on this third Sunday in Advent, we come to John the Baptist. Olivia's just read to us about John the Baptist, and John is sometimes referred to as the last of the prophets. And he stands in this true prophetic tradition of uh, living in the real world, seeing the mess that people have created, addressing the cause of failure through human sin, and then giving a glimpse of hope and joy as he points to the one who is greater than he is, the one who, Jesus, who is to come and follow him, who will come not just only to show up the grubbiness of our sin, and the mess of our world, but who will come also with the power to change things and help us engage with changing the world around us. So what glimpses of joy might we catch this morning as we worship here? And especially as we gather around the Lord's table uh, in a short while. Just let me mention very briefly three ways I believe we can glimpse joy. First of all, uh, a thought that is expressed again in that passage from Isaiah, where the prophet talks about rejoicing in God because he has clothed us in righteousness. I know many of you give quite a lot of thought as to what you will wear before you come to church on a Sunday morning. We still sometimes talk about getting on, putting on our Sunday best. I wonder whether you've ever stopped to think what we might wear if we were to put on clothes that represented how we feel within our spirit and how we think God might see us. With all our failings, with all our grumblings, uh, with all the things that we've done wrong, if we had to wear clothes that reflected how we are inside, I wonder what we would look like when we came to church on a Sunday morning. It's a challenging thought, isn't it? We might finish up with very much second hand clothes or even appear in rags and tatters. But if we are realistic about the state of our hearts and lives, then like the prodigal son, we come to God in a spirit of penitence and we find that God gives us this robe of righteousness that the prophet refers to. Or like the prodigal son, the best robe, 
and a ring on his finger representing our restoration to God's family. We sometimes sing that song, King of Kings, Majesty, God of Heaven living in me. And uh, we go on in the next verse to sing, In royal robes I don't deserve, I live to serve your majesty. And on this journey of life where so often uh, we fail, we have these glimpses, we are allowed these glimpses of joy because of God's forgiveness and graciousness. And then secondly, as we come to this table, we not only uh, remember the cross and God's forgiving power, but we also celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ and we proclaim God's power over evil. And there are situations around us where we are able to see the love and the power of God at work. A huge amount of national attention during this last week has been focused on Grenville Towers. Partly, of course, because of the very moving memorial service that was held in St Paul's Cathedral last Thursday and the official inquiry that's got underway. And those who died in that tragedy which should have been preventable, are still deeply mourned. And many, many others are still affected because they are not adequately and permanently housed. And yet, underlying all that and all that has gone wrong and all that we don't know and haven't yet discovered as to why it went wrong, there have been many good things going on. And for example, our small Methodist community uh, in Lancaster Road at um, Notting Hill has been one of those communities, one of those religious communities where compassion has sprung out and come out on top of all the neglect that there has been and where light has shone in the darkness. Church has been open for prayer and practical assistance every day. Large sums of money have been distributed. Uh, several tons of clothing have been shared with those who need them. Special help has been accessed. Prayer vigils have been held. A, a condolence book has been opened. And many people have come to worship. And that in just one small Christian community there in Notting Hill. And that story about how social failure and tragedy and adversity have been met with compassion and prayer and action in Notting Hill could be multiplied many times over, not just up and down this country, but all around the world. Through sorrow, we can so often glimpse joy through the power and the love of God at work. And then thirdly, as we come to this table this morning, as we kneel uh, together, along with neighbours that we have not chosen, we just happen to be here together this morning, we find we have come with an incredible collection of people. We sometimes say in a prayer at the end of our communion service, we thank you, Lord, for giving us a foretaste of the heavenly banquet prepared for all mankind. And I sometimes feel as we gather here uh, around this table at Central Hall that we do have a real foretaste of that heavenly banquet prepared for all the world, all peoples of all ages, of all generations, of all races, all backgrounds. We are gathered together as one family, being fed from one table, acknowledging one saviour, we have a common debt. Such a diverse group of people and yet drawn together and looking to the source of God's Holy Spirit for the things that sustain us through life and will carry us through next week. That is a glimpse 
of the joy to come. Maybe a long time ahead, but it's there. So those glimpses that we can have as we come to this table this morning. When I arrived many years ago in southeast London to uh, work as a minister, uh, I found myself in one of what we call London's concrete jungles. Uh, and I went to the church for the first time uh, out of the front door and saw a bank in front of me. I climbed the bank and saw just rows and rows and rows and rows of concrete flats, low-rise flats in one direction, high-rise flats in another. And I thought, wow. A few weeks later, as I was visiting, starting to visit in that area, I discovered a road that had been beautifully named. It was called Glimpsing Green. And there were places where, amongst this concrete jungle, you could glimpse the green of a field, the green of trees by a canal. God so often gives us those glimpses of green in our spiritual lives as well as in the life around us, even in the middle of the hard realism of this world. And so as we work our way through the solemnities of Advent that remind us of the harsh realities of the world and that remind us of the failures of our own personal lives, let's thank God today for giving us glimpses of joy. Amen. So we stand to sing, sing with the king who is coming to reign, glory to Jesus, the lamb that was slain. <laughs>